Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Wednesday, April 29th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Parts of the St. Louis region are planning to ease social distancing restrictions next week. St. Charles County will start reducing stay-at-home mandates Monday. It is following Missouri Governor Mike Parson's lead in restarting the economy. Executive Steve Ellman says he believes the county is ready to reduce restrictions and, quote, allow individuals to make decisions on whether to frequent a business. The city of Eureka is also planning to follow Missouri's statewide opening plan. Mayor Sean Flower says businesses will be allowed to open May 4th. That decision comes with St. Louis County under an indefinite stay-at-home order. Many Eureka-area businesses are in the county. Flower says, quote, we can no longer follow the rules we are under without economic ruin. Governor Mike Parson says coronavirus hospitalizations throughout the state are down significantly since peaking in early April. That is considered a key factor in his decision to reopen the economy. He says hospitalizations have declined dramatically everywhere in the state except in the St. Louis area. Many parks are open again in St. Louis County. Executive Sam Page says 30 are available for public access, but indoor shelters and restrooms in those parks remain closed. Social distancing remains in effect at those parks as well. Here are the numbers. Missouri is reporting more than 7,300 positive COVID-19 results out of nearly 75,000 tests. There have been nearly 315 deaths. In Illinois, state health officials report almost 48,000 positive results out of approximately 240,000 tests. More than 2,100 people have died. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fentum tells us about people in the region who have recovered from COVID-19. They say the disease is worse than any illness they've ever experienced. As we mentioned, St. Louis County is easing its stay-at-home order a bit by reopening some parks. But St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports there will still be some restrictions in place. St. Louis County Executive Sam Page says people will be able to use more than 30 county parks as long as they practice social distancing. Some smaller parks with playgrounds remain closed, as do things like restrooms and sports fields. While Page chose to close county parks, St. Louis Mayor Lida Cruzan kept city parks open. At a press conference Tuesday at Creevecore Park, Page said closing the county parks was the right move. The initial closing was ne- necessary. It took us a couple of weeks to get our message together, to get our community used to and to be respectful of the importance of social distancing and what's at stake. Page says the county's restrictions on businesses and crowd gatherings will remain in place. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. St. Louis County Council members have voted to give County Executive Sam Page authority to spend roughly $175 million worth of federal money to fight coronavirus. The council is creating a special fund for money from the federal response to COVID-19, known as the CARES Act. The Democrats on the council voted for the measure, contending Page needed leeway to spend the money quickly. Councilman Ernie Trakis joined two other Republicans in voting against the bill. He says the proposal gives too much decision-making power to the county executive. For me, 
It has zero to do with with politics, zero to do with election year um, partisanship. This has to do with the basic tenets of separation of power and the legislative legislative body's duty. The council's actions allow the federal money to be spent soon. Illinois is reporting another high for COVID-19 deaths in a 24-hour period, 144. That number comes after four straight days of decline. Also in that state, Governor J.B. Pritzker remains unhappy with a judge's ruling against extending his stay-at-home order. Sam Dunklaw reports. Pritzker says the lawsuit wrongly argues the governor's office is using emergency powers with ill intent. That uh, somehow uh, we're intending to limit people's civil liberties. That's not the intention here. The intention, in fact, is to save people's lives. The lawsuit, brought by a Southern Illinois state representative, alleges the governor doesn't have the power to extend disaster proclamations without the legislature weighing in. The circuit court judge agreed, saying Pritzker's actions have denied him, quote, the right to exist, among other things. The Illinois attorney general is appealing the decision. Meanwhile, a Republican congressman hopes the lawsuit will encourage the governor to work with the GOP in a regional approach to reopening the state. I'm Sam Dunklaw. In other news, more than one dozen federal, state, and local agencies in the St. Louis region are receiving additional funding from the U.S. Department of Justice to break up major drug organizations. The U.S. Attorney's Office has designated the Gateway Strike Force as an organized crime drug enforcement task force. St. Louis Police Chief John Hayden says more than half of the shootings and homicides in the city are drug-related. He says despite being down 140 officers, participating in the task force is worth it. This is probably a 30-man team or more, and so when you when you invest five officers in something that, that gets the, the uh, cooperative help of others in the region, it still comes out to a benefit for the city. Even before the official designation, the agencies had worked together to break up a drug ring in the Clinton Peabody neighborhood near downtown. Early in the coronavirus pandemic, doctors said many patients would have symptoms identical to the flu, coughing, shortness of breath, and fever. But those in the St. Louis region who have recovered from COVID-19 say the disease is worse than anything they've ever experienced. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports. Clifford McIntyre, a welder from Glen Carbon, Illinois, caught COVID-19 a few weeks ago. He has a history of lung disease, but this was the worst he's ever felt. Well, the COVID feel like, you know, you just feel like you're drowning. You, you in the water and you're trying to reach the top. You can't breathe, you know, and you're panicking that you can't breathe. Within days, McIntyre was in an intensive care unit at St. Elizabeth's Hospital in O'Fallon, Illinois. When he couldn't breathe, doctors placed a tube down his throat and hooked him to a ventilator. He was among tens of thousands across the nation hospitalized with COVID-19. The most severe cases can lead to a lonely, painful death. When McIntyre first caught the virus, he was worried. But after his nasty cough continued for days, he knew he was in danger. His wife, Cassandra, took him to the emergency room and watched from her car as a stranger wheeled him into the hospital. I knew he was scared and it, it was hard, you know, leaving him at the hospital. They just came and got him out of the car and, the, you know, I couldn't go in and sit with him or anything. So that was really hard. Doctors immediately put him on a ventilator. Before a serious procedure like that, families can usually visit their loved ones. But hospitals have barred visitors to keep the virus from spreading and she had to stay away. 
Clifford McIntyre had heard most COVID-19 patients on ventilators don't wake up. Once you get on the ventilator, you know, you, you might not see your relatives or your loved ones ever again. Even mild cases of the disease can be brutal. Tom Frank of O'Fallon, Missouri, became sick in mid-March. He suspected something was wrong when everything started tasting like pennies. Almost like a metallic smell I kept smelling, like a copper. And then I started having that dry cough. He soon tested positive for the virus. Like many patients, he said that for weeks, the simplest task felt like running a marathon. One of his worst days came when he decided to take a shower. I had to rush it through my body to, that uh, the fatigue set in. I was so tired. Uh, my body just failed me, and I actually laid on the floor. I don't know how long I was there because I think I blacked out for a little while. The hallmark symptom of COVID-19 is respiratory distress. St. Charles graduate student Melissa Stone became ill in March. She says her lungs felt stretched tight. So it felt like um, like the heavy-duty rubber bands that you sometimes get on like vegetable produce. It felt like those were around my lungs. Stone was scared. Her heart would skip and race. She has Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, a rare connective tissue disease, and epilepsy. She knew having pre-existing health problems put her at risk. I remember lying in bed and my cat was just laying next to me and purring. And I thought, I don't know if I'll have this a couple of days from now, so I just have to enjoy these next few minutes. But after nearly three weeks, she started feeling better. And then I was like, is this going to be it? And I just kept measuring my my temperature every day. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is really it. Clifford McIntyre's turn for the better happened two days after being put on a ventilator. When he was awake, he learned his wife had also been admitted with COVID-19 a day after he arrived. Soon, McIntyre got to go home. His wife watched from her window as hospital workers threw him a small parking lot parade. And so they brought him by my window and, you know, we like blew a kiss at each other at the window and, you know, did our little pat and our little heart at the window and everybody was like, we'll come, we'll be back to get you soon. You'll be coming out next. And I ended up leaving the next day. Yeah. Cassandra and Clifford McIntyre are now at home recovering. You know, just through the grace of God, you know, we here, you know, we here and we blessed. They say they wouldn't wish the sickness and the fear it caused on anyone. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. Our David Casares edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.